Hello and welcome to episode 209 of the Veg Grow Podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow food in my allotment and garden. Today is the 25th of February 2019 and the other day I went to see my friend Robert Woodhouse and Robert has been in touch with me about plastics particularly plastic pots and he wanted to share what he has learned about that so I said we'll get you on the show so I popped down and saw him the other day recorded a little chat we had with him in his pony tunnel and I'll be sharing that a bit later on but of course before that we have the tip of the week and we have the diary so without much ado let's crack on and see what I've been up to over this last week well it's February the 20th a Wednesday Uh, It's about half eight in the evening and I am actually just out in my back garden. The moon itself is rather big and looking rather good tonight. So I've grabbed my camera, taken a few stills and a few videos and just playing around with that tonight. But before I did that, um, well, actually while I've been videoing it, I popped into my um, potting shed to give everything a bit of a water. And I noticed my chickpeas have started to germinate. Now they were only sown on Saturday, so they've sown really, really Oh, well, they've germinated really, really quickly, actually. That's three days. Not bad going. Whether that will remain, we'll, well, we'll find out over the next few days and over the future. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued how these will, will grow because I've never grown chickpeas before. But so far, very fast germination. Well, it's Saturday the 23rd of February 2019 today. I'm just in the potting shed and have a listen to this i love the sound of a packet of pea seeds because that's what i am currently sowing a variety called early onward came from wilkinson's uh they're meant to um be able to sow in february so uh, and i've sown them before i'm not too sure about germination i actually sown these back in october and they didn't do too great so i'll see how they get on this year i've struggled with peas in recent years but yeah We'll see how they get on this year. I'm just sowing these, funnily enough, into some root trailers filled with John Innes number two. Just popped a seed into each root trailer. Um, and they'll sit up on my shelf along the back wall. They've got no extra heating, no artificial light directly above them here. But they should do okay, I think. Uh, this potting shed is quite warm anyway, and it's quite light. Although I have got to trim back the ivy fairly soon to let in more light. Got another job to do do uh, but i've also sown a few more seeds actually and uh, i've sown some spinach a variety called amelia some celeriac some spring onion some broccoli rab 60 and some more salad leaves i've actually finished off the oriental mixed leaf packets uh, one more packet less to worry about overwhelmed with salad leaf really um i've got quite a few pots on the go um probably should take them into the kitchen and start using them now actually but yeah um salad leaf is a looking good now the broccoli rab 60 i've grown many times before but i don't have much success with it i find they're very quick to grow and then harvest so i've got to bear that in mind that just got to jump on them fairly quickly and i'm going to try and remember that this year now i just thought while i'm in here um i'll talk a bit about my propagator setup because those five seeds i've sown today have gone into propagator number one and propagator number one is on a shelf just above this station where i sow my seeds uh they're on a lower shelf so they don't get much natural light but they are in a heated propagator that has a lid on it and the lid is closed now they start there with no natural light just to get them going once they germinate they then get moved into propagator number two which is on a top shelf 
also has a light above it. It also has a lid on it, but the lid has a vent that is cracked open. That just allows ventilation. As soon as they've reached that point, they've germinated and they go in there and they should just get them going a little bit. And then after a few days and they're looking fairly nice and strong, they get moved into propagator number three. Now this is a, basically, it's just a, a tray with a heater in it. Has no lid and that just helps ventilation and stops things like damping off and what have you. Um, again, it has a light above it to help them grow, but it just provides that bit of bottom heat to um, get them going well. Then after that, they go into another tray that I have that has no heat, but just has a light above it. Um, and they'll be in there for a few days before I then have to pop them on and get them growing up along the back shelf. Now, I might put some more lights along the back shelf. I'm not sure yet. But yeah, that's my kind of setup. I just thought I'll, I'll mention that because I am starting to sow a lot of seeds now. And I am getting to the stage that many of these are now being potted on. So I thought if I explain my process, uh, that might help to explain why I'm I can also get away with doing things a bit early and a bit quick. Anyway, that's what I've been up today to today. Sowing seeds mostly. Uh, go, I'm going down the allotment tomorrow. I really am. I've promised myself that. So um, let's go find out what I've got up to down there. Well, it's Sunday the 24th of February today and I'm down the allotment. I finally got down here for quite a few hours. It was actually late morning by the time I got down here actually. So um it's now what four o'clock so it's been well just after 11 i got here so nearly five hours so i kind of got a lot done um now of course when i first get here i kind of I walk around the plot at first just to see what needs doing uh, but as i'm walking around it's just such a beautiful day out that i just knew i had to get outside and, and do things um, and it's been like that all day the sun has been shining it's gorgeous weather it's t-shirt weather in February t-shirt weather now as I'm walking around I have noticed quite a few things that are kind of happening this raspberries are springing into life uh, the the trouble with the raspberries is I was meant to prune them especially the autumn ones and I never got round to it so I've left it too late now they've sprung into life so I've got to leave them till next year hey ho lesson learned of course but my bad now I've also noticed my Chinese cabbages started to bolt for some reason. Now I was waiting for this to kind of heart up and I thought it was nearly going to be there and now it's just bolted. Uh, which is a little bit annoying because um, it was looking really really good but hey ho. Hey ho at all. Now my plan when I came here today was to have a really good tidy up on the allotment. Uh, things are just looking a little bit messy which <laughs> isn't unusual for me I know I am very messy and I'll admit that um, and I just wanted to really tidy things away I'm a terrible hoarder I want to get rid of pots pans anything that wasn't needed <sighs> well I started with the compost bin now this compost bin is on the 128a uh, I inherited this compost bin so it wasn't my type of thing. I've just got someone going past on a motorbike. Uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, yeah. this uh, compost bin was right at the top of my allotment. I inherited it and it was full up when I took it on and I emptied it a couple of weeks ago over where I'm going to be growing potatoes and with it emptied I've decided it was time for it to go. So I demolished that and tidied up that area. 
which I didn't think was going to take that long, but actually took quite a while. The ground where it was was quite uneven, so I gave it a bit of a, a fork in to dig it over and try and level it out. But as I stuck my fork into the ground, I kept pulling up bits of plastic. And I mean like plastic sheets, the clear plastic sheets or green plastic sheets that the previous tenants have just buried into the ground. Weed membrane as well was another thing and I find that quite often actually and many allotment tiers find that and I do use weed suppressor membrane I'll be honest uh, but I tend to use it as a cover and I lift it off every now and then uh, so it doesn't get stuck into the ground but this was well it was buried in the ground somebody had dumped it so I've pulled that out as much as I can there was also little bits of wood and stuff that came out as well. And some Jerusalem artichokes, uh, which was a good thing. I'm hoping, because just behind this compost bin area, there was uh, some Jerusalem artichokes that were planted. And I'm hoping I've dug all those out. If I haven't, any that grow will have to be pulled out pretty as they grow. Um, and with, with this compost area now cleared, it's given me a fairly large area of what I'm going to decide on what to do. I was thinking a seating area. I did think a herb area as well, but because most of my herbs grow at home, I'm kind of not leaning towards that at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm debating, I'm debating. Anyway, after that, I then gave the raspberry bed and the strawberry beds a quick weed. Uh, the cooch grass particularly is a problem in these beds. Um, it's not 100% done. I uh, just gave it a very, very quick weed, but uh, it's looking better than it did now after that i've decided to jump on my asparagus bed and gave out a really good weeding now my asparagus bed is well established now it's been you know, i put it in pretty much in my first year on the allotment um decided where it was going to go so they're probably they're coming up to that three years old i actually did harvest some spears last year but this year i'm expecting more the trouble i Oh, the mistake I did when I put that bed in is I didn't prepare the ground properly. I didn't get rid of all the weeds. And that has meant it has produced a hell of a lot of weeds in there, uh, which needed to go. So I spent a while clearing that while all the asparagus is, is kind of died back. I'm sure that's not going to be long before it starts growing, but I'm hoping now all I've got to do, if I can find my hand weeder, I can just keep running that through yeah every now and then and keep on top of weeds so and the asparagus should grow without any weeds that's the theory uh what while i'm on the subject of weeding it's getting to that time a year when weeds do start growing and you may remember last year i said to myself i would spend 15 minutes every day on the allotment weeding well i am thinking of doing the same again now um it's starting from this week Except last year, I was doing that more in the evenings. Um, I'm thinking I'll do it in the mornings. I'll get up a bit earlier, which is going to be trouble for me because I'm not a morning person. But I'll get up earlier, come down the allotment for, I don't know, let's say, I said 15 minutes last year. I'm going to say half hour because I can get a kettle on the go and have a cuppa down here and hopefully do some watering at the same time. But just want to glare keep on top of the weeds and just keep a hoe running through as much as possible and it's this whole little and often thing and I think that's what I'm going to do 
Anyway, yeah, I've cleared the asparagus bed and thought about my plans for morning work. After that, I then just popped into my shed, um, which I'm trying to think of a name for. I want to have a bit of a nickname for it. Um, and I've just written a to-do list, actually, of things that I need to do over the next few weeks to try and get the allotment into a really good state. I mean, it's it's not too bad at the moment, but it can be better. And For me, I'm really focusing on trying to make it look better although my main goal is of course to grow plenty of food but yeah I've run a to-do list of things that I want to do um, on this list it's just things like repairing the beds painting the beds and the sheds tidying up spreading compost build new compost beans bins and uh, prepare for the new greenhouse so nothing too serious but I, I'm gonna keep this list running in places and down the allotment and just keep thinking about how to get on top of it. Now after this list I then went back outside and watered the allotment because it was t- it was quite dry. I mean the soil was moist but I think it could do with a bit of a watering so I've given that a good water. Now watering my allotment does take a while which is another reason I'm thinking of just trying to space it out and during the week and try and get a bit more done. So yeah as I said it's just after four o'clock now I'm going to head home um, get some dinner i'm hungry um oh and i've got right up the weekly harvest report of course so let's go and do that well it's monday the 25th of february 2019 today before i talk about the weekly harvest report a couple of things actually uh this morning when i got up and let the chickens out i noticed one of my quails had a bit of blood around her head didn't look very nice to be honest and there was a lot of blood uh, she seemed okay just sitting in the corner uh, and it was one of the females um well i couldn't do much about it. i've just checked on her at that time and well went to work but i went to the allotment first and done some more weeding which was the second thing i was going to bring up I actually managed to get to the allotment before work today uh, as i said yesterday was something i was tr- going to try and do this week and start doing a bit more i did manage half hour just doing some weeding nothing spectacular but Hey, it's finding time, isn't it? So back to the quail. When I came home, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. But pleased to say she was okay. She's moving around. She still looks like she's got a bit of blood over her head and still sitting in the corner. I think the male has been trying to mate with her and she's tried flying out the way and bashed her head on sink. It happens, I'm afraid to say, and it's not very nice, I know, but that's the joys of animals. Anyway, main thing is she's okay. Weekly harvest report that came out last night, and I had a fair amount of, well, £9 worth of food or something like that anyway. So not a huge amount of value this week, and it was only really three items. We obviously have the herbs and salad leaves which go in every week. Chicken eggs, and chicken eggs were up in value because a bear has started to lay her eggs again. So we had 17 instead of 14. Uh, And then we also had the Jerusalem artichokes that I dug up kind of accidentally. All good. All gave us plenty of food. The Jerusalem artichokes will be used in soup. So all good there. Well... This brings the diary to a close for this last week. But if you'd like to get in touch and tell me what you've been up to over this last week on your allotment, then please do. So this week's tip of the week from the RHS Plant Grow Harvest calendar reads, Floshes and fleece blankets are useful in the early months to help protect tender plants from frosts and especially cold weather. 
Yeah, I am. Um, I I agree with that. Given today has been the hottest day in February, and we've reached over twenty degrees C in places here in the UK, it does make me wonder when this cold weather is going to come. But in the mornings and night, it is obviously still cold because the ground hasn't quite warmed up yet. So yes, it's worth making sure you've got cloches and fleeces to hand. Now, before I carry on and, and bring Robert on, I've got another date for your diary, if anybody is interested. It's a bit short notice. It's it's this Saturday, the 2nd of March, 2019. And I'm actually heading up to Colchester to take part in a podcast live event there that the Skinny Jean Gardener is uh, running. I'll be in the audience, I believe. Uh, if anybody out there would like to take part, now you can come to the event itself. Tickets are free. You can find them on Facebook. I'll add links, of course, in the blog post. Or you can watch on Facebook as well and even ring in and answer questions or ask your own questions. So please take part. It'll be great to hear from anyone taking part and I'm sure Lee would really appreciate it. So let's move on from there and uh, let's go bring on my friend Robert Woodhouse. Now, I popped down to see Robert. Well, he's been in contact with me about plastics and particularly plastic pots. And he has quite a bit to say to it. So I popped down to his nursery to have a chat with him. I'm down near Southampton today and I've met my friend Robert who's from Solent Garden Services. Hello Robert, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Now, I guess I've been chatting to you for a while on social media. It's actually the first time I've met you in person. But to those at home who may not have heard of you, I guess, where do we start with you? So, um, kind of, we're a a family-run business. Uh, We do everything from garden maintenance to landscaping, uh, fencing, and we've also got a small nursery unit that we uh, we grow predominantly for our own projects, um, but we kind of we have kind of dabbled in opening to the public in the past. But predominantly, we, we grow for our own for our own work and our own customers. Well, we're actually in your nursery now. We're in your polytunnel actually, yes. which is huge. I've got to say, I mean, it's probably small compared to many nurseries, but it, it's, it, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's a bit messy as well. But it's that time of year. Um, well, obviously, we're quite busy, so we don't really get time to. It's not a sort of pottering kind of area. It's more kind of it's working. a it's a working work, environment yeah. yeah it's a working environment yeah absolutely i mean you, you say it's messy i don't see it myself i think this is how it should be you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you're if your polytunnels not neat and tidy you're not you're not working hard enough <laughs> absolutely absolutely and that's my excuse and i'm sticking with yeah, it great. well we're actually here today to talk about um black plastic but before that i guess i want to t- touch on nurseries and garden centers yes what would you say is the difference between a nursery and a garden centre? I think, to my mind, a nursery is more of a maybe more of a working environment. It's maybe not so customer friendly. It's maybe not so. I think the garden centres are more kind of a. There's a. Um, you, you you go in there for the experience. Uh-huh. Um, there's maybe not such an experience in somewhere like this. Yes, yeah. I mean, I've been past many and they literally look like they're growing the plants and they're selling the plants as they're growing. A garden centre, I feel, is more geared up to have a, like a shop, a department shop. Not only a shop, but obviously you've got your your cafes and and restaurants in there now. And uh, I say people go there for, it's like a Sunday, your day out on a Sunday is to go to the, kind of go to the garden centre. Yeah, but I, I mean, I've been to a few nurseries in my lifetime and I kind of think if you want to plant, they're the better place to go by far. A lot cheaper, a lot more variety, and you can get the hands-on help from people that are growing them. In my eyes, would you agree with that? Exactly. When people do, I say we, we're not 
open to the public as such but when people do come in because people locally know we're here and they 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 like something or they need something they they get in kind of like you can see where it's come from where it's grown who's grown it also you can get some advice or they, they might come in looking for something specific but actually what they're after wouldn't suit where they want to put it so actually we can maybe steer them in the right direction for maybe for more something more appropriate yeah so it's getting a bit, bit more advice from a grower who knows what they're doing rather than i mean i'm nothing against garden centers per se at this point but they can get somebody off the street to work in in the garden center who doesn't necessarily know yeah and we're we're, we're proud to be a family family run business and kind of locally people know us and and you know they, they know they can give us a call or come and see us if they want something or I say we're not necessarily open to the public but if someone knocks on the knocks on the gate and they're after something then we can hopefully look after them cool cool well anyway we're going to just talk about plastics because uh, mm. it's something that you've got a lot to say about isn't it it is it's a, it's a it's obviously a hot topic at the moment um and you know we're no different we obviously you can't see but to be honest we've got a, a stack of black pots and 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 it's obviously an issue um, from our point of view it's kind of twofold we reuse as much as we can with the pots because obviously from our point of view we're, we're growing a lot of things on so we've got smaller pots going into larger pots uh, and, and growing everything on so we don't look to to buy pots we want to reuse as much as we can obviously yeah. there's there's a financial element to that we don't want to be spending out too much mm-hmm. um, and obviously we want to do our bit to to improve the environment and, and, and keep the single-use plastic to, to a minimum yeah, I mean, I don't see plastic pots as being single use. The only time I tend to throw them away is when they get broken, and I can see one just down there that's split in half, which is probably still usable to a point. But that's the dog, actually. I think the dog. Uh, when, the dog when the dog gets in, he has a, he, he he does like to to run around with a pot or two. So um, yeah. But yeah, I say we we we're not in a hurry to go and buy new pots all the time. No. Uh, we want to use as as much as we can, um, and you know, obviously. We're, it's a bit easier for us because it's not a single it's not a single use item it's a right we need a smaller pot then we're going to grow on we're going to move on to a bigger pot so then the smaller pot goes on the stack ready for the next one um so we're quite we're quite it's different than if you're growing it necessarily in, in your own pot and shed in, domestically um so yeah it, 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 it but it is a it's something we're obviously conscious about and we, we're looking to try and keep our use of it to a minimum yeah. I think you said you've recently done a course or something about, or been to a talk about plastics, and you've came out with quite a bit of information for me. And then should we go through that? What you were learning, particularly black plastic being un, or unpicked up by machines or something? Yeah, exactly. Well, well I went to um, an APL meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was a subject they were talking about. Um, and what I what they were saying is that the black pots don't get picked up by the recycling machines; they won't pick up black, um, and obviously. 99% of the pots you've got are black um, so it's not it's not something you can put in your recycling bin at home um, they are moving over now to taupe coloured pots that will get picked up and I think they've just in this year they're just starting to, to feed them into the, the larger nurseries right. from our point of view it hasn't kind of fed down the system to us because it's, it's so new we, we don't have any um, but it's you know it's, it's definitely something that eventually will filter down yeah. So that you will go to the garden centre, or you will come to a nursery, and eventually you won't see any black pots. Right. They will be eventually they will be taupe coloured pots that can be recycled. When you say taupe, are, you, are we talking about these brownie ready ones? Or no, it's like a it's like a it's what it's kind of a, a grey beige 
what right. what my wife calls gray a uh, grage color grage <laughs> that's that's kind of the new so that's kind of the new in word grage so it's like a, a gray kind of gray beige sort of color gray beige. so i can't think of any i've ever seen like that so that's a little bit worried i've seen hundreds and hundreds of blacks yeah. and i've got thousands in my garden if i'm honest yeah. i throw nothing away i'm terrible for yeah. it because i hate waste absolutely hate waste if you if you google if you google um taupe colored pots um you can find a lot of news about some of the nurseries that are involved in bringing them into their nurseries um and eventually like i say eventually it will filter down i think there will be a cost element yeah now whether the bigger nurseries are gonna um pass that on to the consumer or whether they're gonna take out suck out themselves i don't know well i think if a consumer has a choice and is aware of this whole problem with black plastic or grey plastic or taupe, yeah. the consumer can make that decision. If there are two pots there, one in black and one in taupe, and it might cost a couple of pence extra or whatever for the taupe. Personally, I would go for the taupe based on what we've discussed. Black, I mean, the fact that black can't get picked up in a machine does sound really worrying. I mean, I think if people are educated, and if people, because I didn't know that, and I think most people probably wouldn't know that, that black doesn't get picked up by the recycling machines. I think if people are educated about it and when they go to the garden centre, there is a black one or there's a tote pot and they're told that this one can be recycled, that one can't. I think most people, even if there is a, a, a price element to it, I think most people probably would go for the recyclable pots now. I think so. I mean, I'm trying to think. If I went through my neighbours, for example, bins, around, well, over the next few months, I will find hundreds of black plastic pots in their bins. And it's not because they, they don't care anything. It's just they don't know what to do with them. No. Or they're, I mean, I've also seen gardens, I think I said to you earlier, garden centres are having points where they are recycling old pots. So you can take your old pot there, throw it in this bin, somebody else can come along, take it away... I've even seen them up at Kew Gardens as well, and I think that's also another good idea. I think it's such a good idea. Not only can you recycle it, take it there if you're finished with it, you can also, if you need some, you can go and get them as well. So you're keeping the black pots, because they're not going to disappear anytime soon. If you can keep reusing them and keep them in, you know, keep them going as long as possible, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, something else we were discussing, it was these um, plastic bags that Compost comes in. And we kind of can't, apart from using them as sacks after they've been used, we can't think of anything else that as good as a sack to carry your compost in or to use them for. It's which just, is, yeah, it's a real difficult one. I mean, like I say, we, we, we've obviously got, we get through quite a lot of uh, plastic bags of compost and we try and keep the bags to be able to reuse as bin bags or rubble sacks. So, you know, you might get one, two uses out of it and then unfortunately it's got to be thrown away. Mm. Um, I think it's going to take a cleverer person than me to figure out how you can transport compost, you know, on mass that can be stacked up, can be transported mm. without, you know, getting damaged. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult one. Very difficult, and I, I don't think we're going to solve that answer either. So, if anybody wants to find out any of this information or information about you as well, where does one go? So we've got a website, uh, solentgardenservices.co.uk. Um, I think if you were interested in looking into the taupe coloured pots, the APL is a, the uh, Association of Professional Landscapers. That's a really good website to look into. Um, and I think, yeah, if you, if you Google it, you could probably find quite a lot of information about, about the recycling pots because it is literally in the last sort of like five or six months something that they're really, really looking into. Right. 
You're also on Instagram as well. Aren't I am you? on Instagram. It's uh, green underscore fingers with a Z underscore. So yeah, check me out. <laughs> yes, uh, please do. So thank you very much for your time today. Anyway, Great. much appreciated. Lovely. Thank, thanks. Thanks for coming down. Cheers. Well, I just want to thank Robert for sharing that information with us. I find it particularly worrying that this day and age, black plastic cannot be found from inside bins. The machines cannot pick it up. That means all this black plastic and parts will end up in landfill, which is not good. They'll just get buried. Very wasteful, and I can't stand waste. Now, I do have a lot of pots lying around that I tend to use anyway. But what would I do if I didn't have the ability to use them all up? I would probably take them back to a garden centre or nursery and see if they would take them. Particularly a family-run nursery. I reckon, like Robert himself said, they will use them. So that is, for me, a really big option. I'm going to wrap up for this week. I don't want to keep lecturing everyone. But thank you very much for listening, of course. Now, this week's winner for the, the seed competition. Each week, anybody that contacts me through social media or email, Richard at the VegGrow Podcast, or through the website, uh, thevegrowpodcast.co.uk, your name will be put into a hat and you could win a pack of seeds. This week, it goes to Leslie Crouch. So thank you very much for that, Leslie. I will be sending those out to you. I'll contact you first and get your address and get them sent out to you. If you want to be in it for for next week, then just get in touch. So thank you again for listening. Big thank you to Robert again. Over the next few weeks, I've got quite a few people lined up for various interviews. But for now, please take care and I'll see you again next time. <laughs>